the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Glad to have you with us. James Blind producing, Justin Mansfield engineering, along with Dave King. We're glad to have you with us. In the second hour of today's program, as per usual, you'll have an opportunity to hear this week's Christian Outlook. Uh, featuring Kelly uh, Federick of uh, Alliance Defending Freedom and Lori Smith, owner of the 303 Creative, about the upcoming free speech Supreme Court decision, 303 Creative LLC versus Elenis. We'll also hear from Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation for the latest on the report from the special counsel, John Durham, looking at all the alleged ties between Trump and Russia. And finally, former federal prosecutor Andrew McCarthy about how to make sense of all the FBI abuses. That's coming up on this week's Christian Outlook in the second hour of today's program. Also in this hour, we'll be uh, joined by James Blend as we take a look at the lighter side of the news, keeping in mind that today is National Donut Day. There are actually two on the calendar. We'll explain the difference and give you an excuse to get a free donut. First, we're going to take a look at uh, the headlines. On balance, this is a win for the Republican House Committee chairman who stuck to his guns and overcame FBI intransigence. Well, that's a statement from uh, the fact that facing imminent contempt citation by the House Oversight Committee, the FBI Director Chris Wray He reached a compromise with committee chairman James Comer. The FBI will bring the subpoenaed document at the center of the dispute to the House on Monday. There, Comer and the committee ranking member Jamie Raskin will uh, review it and receive uh, related briefings from the Bureau. This has been a standoff that only promised to get much uglier. The contempt citation apparently was sufficient to bring it to a halt. Um, As Rich and I discussed on the podcast this week, said one observer, the document in question is an uh, informant report alleging that while he served as vice president, now president Joseph Biden was complicit in a bribery scheme involving unidentified foreign actors. Now, while some are licking their lips, excited at the fact that the current president might be exposed as a crook, my hope and prayer is that he is not. We don't need another leader that is identified Uh, and discovered as being something less than he should have been. That doesn't mean you have to agree politically, but it does not do the nation good when our leaders are exposed as being less than honorable. Now, if, in fact, uh, that is the case, it will be a cause for grief and not for um, excitement. Anyway, we're going to follow that story. Uh, On balance, though, this is a win for Comer, who stuck to his guns. He overcame the FBI's intransigence. The deal struck to end the contempt threat is a compromise, not a wholesale bureau surrender. Uh, That is um, as it should be. So we'll follow the story as it develops. Again, the FBI is uh, planning on uh, meeting uh, very shortly to provide the information that the uh, House committee had been insisting. Well, the top news story today, the Senate passed a bill to raise the government's borrowing limit late Thursday night sending it to the president's desk with just days to spare before the government was set to run out of money to pay its obligations on the 5th of June. 
Well, the bill that implements the uh, the deal struck by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and President Biden to raise the debt ceiling and cut spending passed in a 63-36 vote. Four Democrats, 31 Republicans and one independent, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont, voted no. House lawmakers sent the bill to the Senate on Wednesday in a bipartisan 314 to 117 vote after weeks of intense negotiations between McCarthy and Biden, which isn't entirely uh, accurate because the president refused to negotiate and meet with McCarthy. It was only over the last few days that that has been the case. Well, the Senate's inability to pass its own bill made it a bystander in those talks and gave senators no realistic option other than approving the deal. Well, the bipartisan deal suspends the debt limit with no cap through January 1st of 2025. Note, no cap. It cuts non-defense spending to near fiscal 2022 levels. Cap spending increased by 1% the following year and sets non-mandatory caps for the four years after. It also claws back some money aimed at the Internal Revenue Service and some unspent COVID-19 pandemic funds. Some, but not all. Defense spending would uh, rise by about 3% in the first year of the deal, below the rate of inflation. That drew complaints from several Republican senators who warned on the floor that the deal would harm U.S. national security. To my House colleagues, I can't believe you did this, says Senator Lindsey Graham. And on the Senate floor, he went on to say to the Speaker, I know you've got a tough job. I like you. But the party of Ronald Reagan is dying. Don't tell me that a defense budget that's $42 billion below inflation fully funds the military, end quote. Well, Graham and others threatened to hold up the bill until assurance were given that defense spending would not be limited by the deal. And Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell offered those assurances. Language to add GOP-backed border provisions to the bill was rejected, as was language to strip approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline in West Virginia, a provision that was included under pressure from Senator Joe Manchin. Senators also rejected an amendment to eliminate language that allows the executive branch to waive a requirement to trim spending elsewhere uh, when they impose a cost the uh, uh, new regulation. Just like the House vote, defectors from both parties were expected in the Senate. Progressive lawmakers have argued that the spending cuts in the bill go too far, while conservatives complained they didn't go far enough. Well, the U.S. Air Force on Friday is pushing back on comments an official made last week in which he claimed that a simulation of an artificial intelligence-enabled drone tasked with destroying surface-to-air missiles uh, or SAM sites turned against and attacked its human user, saying the remarks were taken out of context and were meant to be anecdotal. U.S. Air Force Colonel Tucker Cinco Hamilton made the comments during a future combat air and space capability summit in London, hosted by the Royal Aeronautics Society, which brought together about 70 speakers and more than 200 delegates from around the world, representing the media and those who specialize in the armed service industry and academia. The Department of the Air Force has not conducted any such AI drone simulations and remains committed to ethical and responsible use of artificial intelligence technology. Air Force spokesperson Ann Stefanek told um, news sources, it appears the colonel's comments were taken out of context and were meant to be anecdotal. A topless pregnant transgender man featured on the cover of Glamour UK's June issue ignited a fierce reaction from online critics on Thursday. Logan Brown, the author, the 27-year-old who was born female but now identifies as a transgender man, posed as the cover star of the British Glamour magazine's digital issue celebrating Pride Month 
in a painted on suit showcasing a large baby bump. Brown unexpectedly became pregnant with uh, partner Bailey Mills, a non-binary drag performer in the U.K., while taking a break from testosterone treatments due to health reasons, the fashion magazine said. Oh, what a world we live in. Well, the Senate voted Tuesday, rather Thursday, to scrap President Biden's proposal to forgive more than $400 billion in student loan debt, a vote that's expected to force the president to issue his fifth presidential veto since taking office. In a 52-46 vote, the Senate passed a resolution disapproving of the Department of Education's rule implementing the president's plan. The vote was successful thanks to Senators Joe Manchin and John Tester of Montana, Kirsten Sinema, who voted with all 49 Republicans to scrap the loan bailout. The Senate vote followed last week's 218 to 203 vote in the House to kill the program that Republicans have said is unfair to Americans who either never took out student loans or paid them off. It's something of a slap in the face to the Americans who chose more affordable college options or worked their way through school to avoid taking on student loans or whose parents scrimped and saved to put them through college, Senator John Thune said from the Senate floor before the vote. It's deeply unfair to ask many Americans who worked hard to pay off their loans or who never pursued college in the first place to take on the burden of student debt for individuals who took out loans for college or graduate school and agreed to pay them back. Well, Democrats voted overwhelmingly against the resolution and argued that Republican efforts to kill the program would hurt millions of Americans who have already qualified for debt relief. Hey, you're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue to work our way through some of the day's headlines. And coming up later this hour, the lighter side of the news with James Blend. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. A reminder coming up in our next couple of segments, James Blend will join me as we take a look at the lighter side of the news. And in our second hour, this week's Christian Outlook. Again, the headlines, legislation moving through the House would provide millions of dollars for research on how to incorporate artificial intelligence into drone technology in an effort to keep the U.S. ahead of China in this increasingly important component of national security. The House Committee on Science, Space and Technology last week approved legislation from committee chairman Frank Lucas that he says needs to pass before China becomes locked in as the world's major supplier of drones. His bill, the National Drone Advancement Air Mobility Research and Development Act, which is a mouthful, would fund about $1.6 billion in research over the next five years to give a boost to U.S.-based drone manufacturers. To say China has cornered this market is an understatement, Lucas said last week. One single company with extensive ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army produces 80% of the drones used recreationally in the U.S. Lucas added that 90% of local and regional public safety agencies in the U.S. are using unmanned aircraft systems made in China which could pose a threat down the line because they have the capability of tracking user data. The bill gives NASA, the Department of Homeland Security, and several scientific agencies the authority to provide new grant funding for drone and advanced air mobility research and also directs these agencies to fund research into how AI and machine learning can boost drone capabilities. Former Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot has landed a teaching gig at Harvard after leaving office, or rather after being ousted from office. The Washington Post continues to bleed talent as top editors announce their exits. And a group of New Zealand pastors, church leaders and other Christians are pursuing legal recognition that their government's crackdown on churches during the COVID-19 pandemic was unlawful. 
Free to Be Church is slated to appeal a ruling from the high court in Wellington last August that the government was justified in curtailing manifest religious beliefs under the New Zealand Bill of Rights Act of 1990. In New Zealand, uh, they uh, write, we were uh, just branded together with social gatherings that included strip clubs, bars and sporting events. Audrey Bale, chair of the trustees and pastor of Shore Baptist Church in uh, North Shore said, so the church wasn't seen as a unique entity of people who act according to their conscience. The church wasn't seen as a special distinct unit. Well, inspired by a legal victory in Scotland that saw the Scottish High Court overturn church closures, a small group of New Zealand clergy established FTBC in September of 21 in response to their own country's COVID-19 restrictions. In an open letter to the government modeled after one sent to California leaders by Reverend John MacArthur and Grace Community Church, the pastors laid out the theological framework for their belief that government officials have no right to interfere in ecclesiastical matters in a way that undermines or disregards the God-given authority of pastors and elders. For House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, pursuing a bipartisan deal to avoid defaulting on the nation's debt meant putting his own job at risk. Now he's taking a victory lap, even as threats to his leadership endure in corners of his party. On Wednesday, the California Republicans successfully shepherded a must-pass bill through the House to suspend the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling into early 2025 in exchange for reigning in federal spending. Not enough for many of his colleagues. The bill, crafted in breakneck talks with the White House, now heads to the Senate where it has passed. The passage of the bill marks the third key win for McCarthy and a setback for his detractors, who earlier questioned whether he would get the votes to become Speaker back in January and doubted he could guide a debt ceiling bill through the House in April, much less a bipartisan debt ceiling deal in May. Republican governors are sending National Guard's troops to the southern border. Governors from Arkansas, Iowa, North Dakota, South Carolina, Virginia and West Virginia announced this week they will send troops to Texas to support the work of Governor Greg Abbott and Operation Lone Star to secure the southern border. Since the start of the Biden administration, Customs and Border Protection reports encountering more than 5.5 million illegal aliens at the southern border. Since fiscal year 23 began in October 1st, CBP has encountered more than 1.4 million illegal aliens, about triple the number encountered at the southern border during fiscal year Uh, 2020. The um, Border Patrol has seized uh, a record 17,000 pounds of fentanyl at the southern border so far in fiscal year 23, which ends September 30th, more than triple the total amount seized in all of fiscal year 2020. And the Pentagon informed Nevada's Nellis Air Force Base that a previously approved drag show slated to take place on the base on the first day of Pride Month could not take place because it was not in line with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's recent comments. In a letter to both uh, Department of Defense officials, Representative Matt Gates said that the U.S. military had approved six other drag show events occurring on different bases in Montana, Virginia, and overseas at the Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. I find it completely unacceptable that the Department of Defense is using taxpayer dollars to fund DEI programs that are divisive in nature, Gates wrote. Department of Defense resources should be used for mission essential operations, not diverted toward initiatives that create cultural fissures within our service ranks. Gates asked the U.S. officials to clarify if any punitive action has or will be taken against individuals who facilitated drag events with taxpayer dollars by June the 12th. The U.S. birth rate has not recovered from pre-pandemic levels 
The total number of births in the United States remained flat at in 2022 compared to pre-pandemic levels, according to a new report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The CDC reports 3,661, I should say 3,661,220 provisional births in the United States last year, which is about 3,000 fewer than in 2021 in what the CDC calls a a non-significant decline. 10,000 pictures from Hunter Biden's laptop have been made public by a nonprofit research group. Thousands of photos from First Son Hunter Biden's laptop have been made publicly available via the website. The site was launched by the nonprofit research group exposing corruption and blackmail Marco Polo, headed by former Trump White House aide Garrett Ziegler. Ziegler stated that it took his team months to review and redact the photos, which spanned from 2008 to 2019. He emphasized that the aim of the website is to provide truth and transparency, allowing the American people to see what their first family is like without excluding photos that may portray the Bidens in a negative light. While handing out diplomas at the U.S. Air Force Academy on Thursday, 80-year-old Joe Biden fell on stage. He turned and pointed to explain his fall to the three men who had helped him get up, and he later joked that he had been sandbagged by an actual sandbag on stage. Given concerns about his age and clearly diminishing physical and mental health, however, this latest fall is yet another reason many are worrying he can't handle the rigors of the job for an additional Uh, Four years following the two he still has remaining. More to the point, the nation isn't doing so well under uh, his stewardship, a point Ron DeSantis uh, made in his response. We hope and wish Joe Biden a swift recovery from any injuries he may have sustained, he said. But we also wish the United States of America a swift recovery for the injuries it has sustained because of Joe Biden and his policies. Hmm. Well, Team Biden uh, is planning to legalize more illegal border crossers through a phone app. And there's a new term you need to add to your ever-growing lexicon, solegamy. These are women who want a symbolic expression of self-love, reads the CNN headline. So they marry themselves, the article adds. Well, the practice is called solegamy or sologamy, sologamy, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, its adherence may be onto something, as uh, one expert points out. Narcissists everywhere want to know if you marry yourself more than once, is that polygisolomy? Give me. Uh, what if you've changed pronouns? Would that be polytransologamy? What if you have an affair with yourself and divorce could get complicated or so many questions associated with the new vocabulary? We are all expected to learn. God help America. Coming up, we're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news. James Blend will join me for that. And in the second hour, the Christian Outlook. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Well, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We're switching gears just a bit and taking a look at the lighter side of the news. Joining me to do just that is Jimmy B, also known as James Blend. Yo, James. Yeah, the weekend is just about here again, and I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm just not even here right now. <laughs> You've already started the weekend? I've already started my weekend. I'm halfway across Oregon in my mind. <laughs> well, if you could just keep your attention focused for just a few minutes, we'd I'll, appreciate it. I'll do it. my best. Well, the first Friday in June this year, it's June the 2nd, is National Donut Day. Now, you might recall, James, you and I took this quite seriously a few years back. In, too seriously. It, too seriously, in which we uh, went all around the community 
collecting donuts of every description, and we taste tested them on the air. I think I still have a little bit of a stomach ache from that uh, years ago experiment. I was just shown a picture of that today, and it, it made my stomach churn just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it was they all tasted good. Well, most of them tasted good. But the uh, after the show, not so much. Well, I think it was six months before I had the appetite <laughs> for a donut again. Yeah, and even then, I was a little reluctant. Yeah, well, I'm not sure my app my, my appetite ever fully recovered. Yeah, yeah. And, well, it all started by the um, Salvation Army in Chicago in 1938. The day honors the group's uh, donut lassies, as they were known at the time, who served treats and provided assistance to soldiers on the front lines of World War One. And this isn't to be confused with National Donut Day, which is in November and honors the actual food, though both days are celebrated by eating donuts. I mean, that's what you should do. It's National Donut Day. Well, donuts have been around since long before the First World War, and uh, we have the Dutch to thank for them. The Dutch would make uh, Ole, let me get this right, Ole Koek, uh, which translates to oily cake. The first donuts, uh, these were Dutch donuts, didn't have a hole but they were fried in um, hot oil and the dough was sweet. It wasn't until 1847 that the holdout donut we know and love today appeared. Hanson Greger, 16 at the time, claimed credit, sick of donuts uh, with a raw center. Um, he used a pepper pot to punch out holes to help the donuts cook more evenly. And evenly they do. By 1920, Adolf Levitt, a, a Russian living in New York, had invented a donut machine. Thirteen years later, donuts were proclaimed the hit food of the century of progress by the World's Fair in Chicago. Many donut stores, including national chains like Dunkin' and Krispy Kreme, are given uh, away free or discounted donuts in celebration of the occasion. So if you haven't yet celebrated, you may still have time if you can find a facility that's still open on this National Donut Day. No, thank you. <laughs> Well, all of us can celebrate and get free donuts while supplies last at the nation's biggest chains. There is Dunkin' Krispy Kreme. There's a Duck Donuts. I'm not sure we have that here. Uh, Dunkin' National Donut Day. They are offering a free donut deal. I mentioned Krispy Kreme. Uh, Let's see. Duck Donuts has a free donut deal for the day. There are others. Let's see if there's any I recognize. I'm not sure about Voodoo Donuts. It's too creepy for me to actually go back in there. Don't blame you. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing any others listed here that are local. But check out your favorite donut place. Chances are they're offering free donuts for the day. Huh? Free is a very good price. Pretty sweet deal. Just uh, don't some, overindulge. Today, June the second, this Friday is also International Volkswagen Bus Day. It's also National Rotisserie Chicken Day. Mm. You can get a pretty big, juicy rotisserie chicken at Costco. Where can I go for a free one of those? <laughs> no free uh, oh. no free chickens. Uh, National Bubba Day. Not quite sure I get that one. But National Leave the Office Early Day. I am all over that. Oh, we got a show to do. National Donut Day, as we mentioned, and National Rocky Road Day. So if you're not really into donuts, you might want to uh, choose one of these other designations. And celebrate that. Although I'm pretty sure you're not going to get a free Volkswagen bus on Volkswagen. I don't know. You probably could find one in any number of junkyards. <laughs> that may be. That may be. Well, we we're talking about uh, donuts, but there are foods that nutritionists suggest that we really should be eating that may not sound all that appetizing. When's the last time you had liver? 
Insects. Not at all. Sardines. Never. Well, there are eight, well, rather gross foods, if you look at the Western palate, that nutritionists say we should all be eating, from cottage cheese to chicken liver. These foods are packed with vitamins and protein, unlike the donut. Did you have a grandmother who used to serve cow tongue sandwiches? No. Um, I've had, uh, I was in Russia and they served beef tongue. It wasn't all I'd hoped it would be. How about the strange smelling soup um, your next door neighbor always had uh, to dole out literally? Uh, Turns out some of the foods we may perceive as off-putting have numerous health benefits. No food is inherently gross. That's what uh, Natalie Gillette, a registered dietitian and owner of Natalie Gillette Nutrition, a New Jersey-based private practice, says. Instead, such judgments are often shaped by cultural or psychological factors. The foods that may cause us to cringe are actually widely appreciated in different countries. Well, if I'm in a different country, perhaps I will, too. It's time to challenge these stigmas, she says, and give seemingly gross foods a second chance to win over with their health benefits and surprisingly delicious flavors to contribute to our overall well-being. She also said that slimy, smelly, and chunky are all uh, food descriptions that may initially elicit a yuck factor. Well, yeah. Uh, Just to say the least. But hold on to your taste buds and keep your gag reflex in check because these perceptions often lead us to overlook the remarkable nutritional value hidden within these foods. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, Paulina Lee, a gut health functional dietitian and founder of Savvy uh, Stummy. I'm not sure what a stummy is unless it's supposed to be tummy. Half stomach, um, half tummy? Maybe so. Uh, every culture has healthy foods that some may find unappetizing because individuals are different. They have different food preferences and cultural foods that they maybe have grown up with. Preferences may vary due to smells, textures, and tastes. Still, It doesn't make the food any less nutritious. So if we're going to be motivated by nutrition, we need to think this through. Fermented foods, uh, she mentioned, tend to have strange smells and odd textures, but which contain live bacteria or probiotics that are beneficial for our gut health. So fermented foods. Ahead, uh, Ahead of that, there are some rather yucky foods that you should be eating. What about tremella mushrooms? Uh, These mushrooms, also known as silver ear mushrooms, or snow fungus, are nutrient-dense stars. Have you ever had a tremella mushroom? Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think I... They have anti-aging properties. Then there's natto. It's a traditional Japanese dish. It's made from fermented soybeans, characterized by a distinctive aroma a wrinkly bacterial labor on the surface of the soybeans and a desirable degree of stickiness that may be off-putting to some. Despite its smell and appearance, natto has many nutritional benefits like enzyme and probiotic potential to aid digestion, vitamin K2 content to help build strong bones, and high fiber content to promote heart health. So can you uh, check out some natto for us? We'll have to try that on the air. Yeah, I'll put that alongside our current project of uh, items I'm gathering. <laughs> yeah, if you forget, that'll be fine. Cottage cheese, which, okay, I can, to- I can tolerate cottage cheese. It's one of those foods people have a visceral reaction to, which is a shame because it's a lean protein that is also rich in calcium. Many people take issue with the chunky consistency. Choosing a whipped variety like um, 
well, might be preferable for some people, but whipped cream is on this list. Uh, other fermented foods, what about uh, sauerkraut, a European classic, or kimchi, a Korean staple? These are all really good for you. Uh, sardines, uh, the oil that's in them makes them a little less appealing to me. There's tuna fish, also you can get that in oil or water. And then there are organ meats. Now that's that's where you really get some uh, good nutrition, organ meats. Pass the kidneys, please. Now having given mine up, I just am a little averse to consuming anyone else's, but Liver, kidneys, heart may seem daunting with their strong flavors and unfamiliar textures, but they are celebrated in various culinary traditions worldwide. French cuisine delights in foie gras, a delicacy made from duck or goose liver. In Chinese cuisine, chicken livers and beef tripe. Oh, tripe. Oh, my mother used to make that for my dad. They shine in uh, flavorful stir fries and soups. Uh, Let's see what else. Chicken liver, for example, contains 350% of your daily value for vitamin B12, 72% for iron. So it's uh, pretty good. Um, And then there's uh, galette. If you visualize um, organ meat on your plate, if that grosses you out, embrace stealth health by mincing them uh, and adding them to meatballs or sausage. Pass. And finally, insects. So if you want to be healthy, if uh, National Donut Day is not the day for you, you might want to consider some of these other healthy cuisines. That just bugs me. Yeah. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday and that we are looking at the lighter side of the news. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is with me and we're working our way through some of the lighter side of the news. Coming up in our second hour, this week's Christian Outlook. Well, a suspected senior prank lists a Maryland high school for sale for $42,000 on Zillow. At least they think it's a senior prank. Now, when you were in high school uh, many, many decades ago, James, were there senior pranks that you recall or were you involved in any? Um, there were senior pranks. I wasn't involved in any, and I can say that safely because... Uh uh, during my senior year, I actually took all my classes at the community college. No, oh, there you go. I was barely on campus at all. Yeah. I don't remember any, and I certainly didn't pull any, but uh, I know that's a tradition. All 15 bathrooms come with sewage issues, the fake Zillow listing on the Maryland school said. A Maryland high school was listed for sale on Zillow for an unbelievably low price in what some believe could be a senior prank. Mead Senior High School it's located in uh, Fort Mead, Maryland was listed on the online real estate marketplace for $42,069 on Tuesday, May the 23rd. According to a metadata uh, captured by the Wayback Machine, a nonprofit internet archive. A spokesperson for the uh, public schools, uh, the district school district that oversees Meade Senior High School, confirmed in a statement provided to local news that the local high school isn't for sale. This is incredibly creative advertising, but we are stunned that the listeners so vastly underestimated the value of the prime real estate with amazing amenities. Uh, She went on to say, again, speaking to the local news station, Mead Senior High School measures 12,458 square feet, includes 20 bathrooms, 15 full bathrooms, a spacious kitchen and dining room, an unfinished basement, 100 parking spots, a private basketball court, a private multi-use turf field, and a private study, according to the fake listing. Uh, the listing claimed the school was for sale by the owner and provided a phone number that directed callers to the Mead Senior High School main line. Well, this nice half-working jail is on sale 
for a steal. All 15 bathrooms come with sewage issues, the unknown prankster also wrote. The school also comes with dangerous, unfinished sections that could cost you your life. Your neighbors are rodents and insects that will make you squeal in fear, the fake listing went on. The school comes with complimentary trash-scented air fresheners and water issues. Well, Fox News Digital reached out to uh, the public school and Zillow for comment. The link to Zillow listing, uh, listing rather appears to be deactivated. The news station reported that uh, locals believe the fake listing was posted as a senior prank, but there's no evidence to prove that theory at this time. The school, uh, the class of 2023 at Meade Senior High School will graduate on Thursday, June 8th, according to the school's website. Senior pranks are a decades-long tradition where the senior class of a school organizes a practical joke near the end of the academic school year. The tradition's origins are unclear, but newspaper clippings show senior pranks were prevalent throughout the country in the 60s and 70s. One of the oldest senior pranks on record in the United States reportedly happened in 1936 at Choate Rosemary Hall, a private college preparatory boarding school in Wallingford, Connecticut, according to a report published in the school's newspaper. Newspaper. Well, some school districts have banned senior pranks in order to prevent property damage and potential criminal acts. Sometimes they get out of hand. A school district in North Carolina is reportedly pressing charges on students who poured cement down school toilets as a senior prank. Aye. Yeah, not funny. Not funny at all. Well, a uh, police say a garden thief has been caught on video. The woman caught on CCTV is suspected of several plant thefts. Police in Kent, this is in England, say that the woman who's been stealing plants from gardens may have been caught on camera. The CCTV footage captured a woman entering a front patio through a gate at 3.30 a.m. local time and then proceed to snoop through various potted plants. Uh, The video is the latest clue in a series of reported garden thefts. In the video, a woman wearing a backpack is seen coming into the garden with a flashlight After inspecting the fence, she enters through a gate before making several attempts to grab a shrub. The woman then puts something in her pocket and is seen rifling through another potted plant before leaving uh, the area. The owner of the garden shown in the video was angry at how bold the woman on the film was during the incident. It's very strange and she's very brazen. She's just so carefree. When her husband inspected the CCTV footage, she found footage of the woman wandering Onto their property, leaving uh, for work, we noticed that our front gate was wide open and the husband uh, then looked and saw that they had uh, actually had plants stolen from their garden as well. Well, the incident uh, was not the only one in the neighborhood to experience the plant theft and they're still looking to identify the person seen on CCTV. I'm glad they got to the root of the matter. I was afraid they were going to leave it unsolved. Are you finished? I was going to branch out now. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. A 118-year-old time capsule found amid the demolition of an Ohio fire station was found to contain badges and a fire company roster from 1905. That's quite a find. The Marion Fire Department said the firefighters removing the cornerstone from the old station in advance of its demolition discovered a copper box. The department opened the time capsule, discovered items including turn-of-the-century Marion firefighter badges, a roster for the fire company and city government from 1905, a Marion Daily newspaper from the same year, and a book from the Marion Steam Shovel Company. What an amazing find, the department said in the Facebook post. 
These items will be kept at the Marion County Historical Society while our new station, number one, is constructed and then eventually placed there in display in a case. And I would hope they'd put something from this year in the cornerstone to be discovered by a future generation. My understanding is that they also found a Twinkie in that uh, in, <laughs> in that box. However, um, it won't show up because apparently it was still edible, so they, they shared it. Yeah. Old Twinkies never die. They do not. They just get chewed up. Rolling Thunder. Contestants chase cheese, uh, wheels of cheese down a hill in a chaotic UK race. Sounds like fun. The big cheese of extreme UK sports events is back. Hundreds of spectators gathered on Monday to watch dozens of reckless racers chasing a seven-pound wheel of double Gloucester cheese down the near-vertical Cooper Hill near Gloucester. I'm not saying that quite right, but anyway, in southwest England. The first racer to finish behind the fast-rolling cheese gets to keep it. Okay. Well, the cheese-rolling race has been held at Cooper's Hill, about 100 miles west of London, since the at least 1826, and the sport of cheese-rolling is believed to be much older than that. The rough-and-tumble event often comes with safety concerns. Few competitors manage to stay on their feet all the way down the 200-yard hill, and this year, several had to be helped limping from the course. Canadian contestant Delaney Irving, 19, won the women's race despite being briefly knocked unconscious. Sounds like fun. I just remember hitting my head and now I have the cheese, she says. Wow, she came from Nanaimo, uh, British Columbia. A 28-year-old, Matt Crolla from Manchester in northwest England, he won the first of several men's races, asked how he had prepared he told reporters, I don't think you can train for it, can you? It's just being an idiot. I tried to do that once. Did you really? Absolutely. It was just a little too hot outside, so I just turned to fondue. Once again, my apologies. Am I grating on your nerves? <laughs> oh, give me strength. Uh, I, I suppose we could go to top of the hour news if you really, really wanted to. Do we have to? I feel like we... Uh, after those, don't don't you feel like you must? <laughs> Maybe people will forget they heard it. Oh, I am the master of jokes you can't forget, and not for good reasons. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break for news and traffic at the top of the hour. And when we return, hey, we've got this week's Christian Outlook. So stay with us. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 